Hi, and welcome to this week's monologue, a skeletal scale format edition of the Sanctioned Citizen Podcast. I am your poorly hidden host, Tempest Del Fuego. This week, there have been consecutive freakouts over things that just seem to be a settled matter. Reactions to reactions. I have realized over time that political LARPing is a thing to pass the time, to emulate politics. Some normal people with dutiful sane lives may not really understand what's going on here. Uh, People call it saber rattling or political posturing, grandstanding, and my other real favorite from the 1980s, kabuki theater. Uh, For those in the outer limits of geek culture, LARPing is an acronym for live-action role-play, like Civil War reenactment clubs or the Renaissance Fair. So now you know LARPing. Settle in, we're going to have a nice long talk about this hot summer in America. So political LARPing is when you see astroturfed political dialogue. It gets very nerdy and process-oriented. People cheat in the game and blame the other kids. So it appears to be really dysfunctional, immature, and unhelpful on legitimate issues you may really care about. This is the part where you call up your local high school coach and ask them, you know, what do I do about this? So none of the tricks are really new. It's just a different crop of people wading into the non-crisis crises that are strictly political. Most people honestly do not care because the only people who are losing sleep are bedroom political science academics and political consultants who already know, deep down, you don't care. But they still feel like there's an existential crisis happening right now. So a crisis again which is subjective based on political outcomes, which are based on teenage behavioralists and statistics academics. I think it's a bad combo, and it never really gets any better. If it does get better, say in six months to a year, call me, but be ready for the why question. So, I'm speaking of electioneering and elections referendums in Texas and the larger HR1 agenda to federalize or nationalize the election system. If this was not a year where we were trying to, say, punish people on the 4th of July for raising the national flag or suffering weird levels of Chinese communist cultural theory, shaming Americans for being themselves, or summarily entertaining uh, sanctions of the CCP for genocide in Xinjiang and at least 14 additional companies for information surveillance and human rights abuses, I would say, let's debate federalizing the elections. The only reason to federalize the election system right now is if you are desperate, and and a desperate ally of the communist cause, to create a one-party state. Because the doors of Western opportunity are beginning to swing towards the close on the biggest ideological benefactor, the CCP. So... Sorry to not be readily available with certain commentary on the avalanche of redundant NSA current events conclusions. There has been a lot of news on NSA recently, but I hope no one mistakes that for any kind of tacit consent, because it is not. I also hope that you would consult the yawning library of debate and conformance arguments that took place online and in public committees between the years of 2013 and, say, now, uh, on the defective and unethical practices of U.S. intelligence agencies, 
playing get back and essentially abusing the office on U.S. citizens. You see, the NSA ignores domestic privacy law on the regular. They just break all the social contracts every day for civil liberties that are really not a subjective matter. They are your rights. So I would like to remind everyone that most people don't think they are joining a criminal gang or a cult or both when they go to work for the U.S. Federal Clandestine Services. However, they call them spooks for a reason. And that's because they do creepy, invasive things, and, and sometimes to excess. At some point, you generate much negative karma. There's a prideful self-deception in scorning your fellow man's natural rights. And there is a spiritual law of entropy when you get down that path. You will reap what you sow. So some bad things are indeed headed towards the gutter spectrum of our tax-funded universe. And the justice will not be so silent. It may be humiliating for America, but it'll be a great time for the truth. And those who rejoice in the truth will be allowed out of their personal jail. So I'm going to slow my roll a little bit and be very rational for a second. So when you pay your taxes for federal protection... There is an understanding in the social contract. I pay you and you protect me. Because one, you took an oath to the U.S. Constitution and our government. And two, you get a paycheck to do exactly that. Now, cults and criminal gangs act as if your contribution and consent or accountability structures that you agreed to has no effect on what they do in their daily business of breaking laws and evangelizing crazy ideology like, I don't have to obey your rules. And that fundamentally goes against your better knowledge and reason. And it, it obviously, rationally should. So, that being said, the agencies under the head of the DNI have been conducting American affairs in this dysfunctional manner for a really long time and embarrassingly long time so occasionally the NSA and their members will hack the Associated Press and a few other folks to just spook the American people to let them know hey we're cult pirates taking your money and your privacy and uh, we're we don't care to be obstructed by law enforcement or by the judicial branch so they will occasionally just threaten us all especially the congressional members on the intelligence committees with intelligence extortion. So for now, every single member of the Congress has been me tooed in a manner by members of the intelligence aperture, the National Security Agency. So, you know, what do we do about this? You know, they should band together and have a me tooed meeting. You know, they should get an encrypted chat app and stop going to war with personal encryption so that we can lock out the government from unnecessarily, you know, surveilling American citizens because that's what they do. And then get your white hat army behind your desk because it's only going to get rougher unless they find the gumption to legally check them as an agency. Because they are threatened. They are threatened by accountability. And they are threatened by 
the revocation of funds and such things. There is a problem. There's a legal process demanding purpose and specificity to any invasion of an American's private records or private affairs. There's a log somewhere in the quasi-legal universe. There's supposed to be a warrant through the FIS court or the the FISA court. So there is a documentation somewhere of why you are being surveilled. So it has occurred to me that the NSA is an unserious foreign agency with too little oversight. Many people, many reports later, have concluded, you know, redundantly, you know, there's too little oversight, too much funding, and it's a poorly managed federal agency who's wasting U.S. resources on stalking their exes using the force of the panopticon. So that fitly describes maybe a bored trust fund baby irresponsibly running afoul of the law for years, and they've become a public menace. So none of the questions we ask as publicans will ever be answered. They cannot be answered. And if that's the case, the NSA should never get an, another round of funding for their operations. If all we get is a nine-page book report on UAPs and more mass surveillance, it's time to dry up the funding well. You know, they can become a historical canon library where their workforce is decommissioned. They're a nuisance. You know, they're failing to produce documents and intelligence that prove their worth as a foreign intelligence service to this country because they're diverting too many resources to illegal American domestic mass surveillance. If they cannot be constructively directed, the agency should be decommissioned for public nuisance. Owning and bullying news pundits by producing their private email documents unlawfully from an agency dedicated to secrecy and leaking it to the press screams, just shoot me. You know, like, this is a cry for help. No one cares for the NSA. Well, okay, you've earned that. Cue the shotgun, Genie. Your wishes are coming true. Calling all constituencies, you need to call and write every member of the National Security Intelligence Committees and tell them the NSA is becoming a public nuisance. They should get some relevant oversight. If no one cares to oversee this agency tailored to mission, then a law should be drafted to decommission it. No agency shall be unoverseeable by its people. It's proof you just don't care. And we care. We care a lot. I think it's just a diversion tactic for really, really rotten public policy where it's being politicized and used inappropriately. So anyways, our information planet is becoming this blown-up apocalypse of swinging live wires, random building fires, and a Constantine hellscape of public-private hacker demons crawling over a heat-warped scene looking for anything classed as private consumer information. Oh, it's bad. Somewhere under the rubble, a dejected woman in America helplessly channels her for news of any aid. And what emerges is a cybersecurity package from the 700 Club. <laughs> Apparently, widespread incorporation of Chinese built transistors is a known issue 
for being an infrastructure risk in cyber attacks. And it's a comparative reason why Stuxnet succeeded in Iran. The United States government cooked their centrifuges with EMP pulse interference that progressively fried their nuclear operations. Who knew? Apparently Pat Robertson. So I guess God really is on our side. So I'm sure someone close to an archangel probably told him to back up his mainframe regularly, invest in encrypted email services, and don't ever rely on automation without core analog backup. We have been urged by these wise elders to recruit both mechanical engineers who know about civil energy infrastructure and then and the supply chain, as well as the Infosys professionals. I want to talk about a few other known issues impacting the vital effective infrastructure of the Americas, which, you know, if we're going to pay this much money for infrastructure, it should be done well. I'm rubbing my face. That's, just, that's the sound I make when I rub my face. Like, oh my god. Anyways. So, there's kind of like this super scary push to advance FBI reporting on uh, your parents, your friends, your neighbors. And this really is a renewed Stasi leftover from Obama and Bush era repressions in America. So, what I believe the problem is, is that there are dueling autocracies going on you know it's just like dueling banjos in the film deliverance and it is so so unfunny you know what are they trying to prove by keep continuing to do this well it's a point they already made really it's that hoover's politicization of the fbi doesn't actually benefit the american people if they're drumming up crime opportunities for entrapment and joining drug gangs for research and investigations that go on and on for like over seven years with no bust or arrests. So, uh, hey Congress, you can go ahead and reform it if you want. The FBI always has some sort of bolo on extremism. It's not like this is anything new. So, I mean, it's really time to see if the system actually works. So, if an Antifa outfit threatens to attack your small town with arson at high noon and the locally elected Democratic Socialists already agreed ahead of time to allow it to happen without your knowledge and consent as a taxpayer, I'm going to call that instance probably some subversive government activity. So if you're an FBI agent who hasn't joined the Cultural Color Revolution, you may look into it. It's just not possible for everyone who didn't vote Democrat to be a focused Trump political operative. There were taxpayers who honestly just didn't care and were trying to get through the pandemic. That's the focused reality, unfortunately. I heard today that Anthony Blinken invited the UN to examine our processes for systemic racism. Well, obviously, certain people are taking that very badly. I think it's an opportunity for the rest of the world to get a first-class tour of the fine operating workings of the United States government. You know, don't get me wrong. We had a Reichstag fire last summer that gave latent communist interest to front seat to drive up super extreme policies, which, in fact, reformed nothing in police process. They didn't reform anything. Firing police didn't address existing pardonability and qualified immunity legal doctrine. QI is sacred to the back the blue folks, but it needs reform if it's going to become legal shelter for neg negligent homicide 
and officers with excessive abusive policing histories. So Ari Fleischer indicated it's time to find a way to turn those rotten eggs out from the rest of the police force and provide no harbor for them. Uh, you can't do that with QI the way it is. So Democrats didn't use their opportunity fully to work with, uh, with the other side on this, their political rivals, so that citizens of all races do not unnecessarily come to harm. So instead, they went for the BLM communist okey-doke. You know, fire all the police because all people hired to defend the public from mobs are bad. Lawn sign BLM is a Marxist organization, period. Street BLM are people who don't want to die underneath the cop. Antifa are anarcho-communists who want to break your state. None of them have real policy. Okay? Let's move on. If they conclude that there has been an infiltration to excess of our government by, say, China or other rogue enemy states with policy, the world is going to try to make a decision for the United States. Is this really a sovereign state, or is it a shell corporation for rogue states and criminal geopolitical interests? If it's the latter, I expect nation states who may in fact be more functional sovereign democracies to attack us on merit. If that happens, there may actually be another civil or hot world war on this continent. Now, one of the reasons I have a podcast today is so I can say such things online and speak to, toward my concern, where in other cases where there is legitimate representation who just ignores me. You know, I'm hoping that by speaking out and using these things that more discussion will happen in the weight of your words you know, and your own thinking added to this will help. So I'm not making decisions for our government. I'm a citizen observing the processes of what's going on around me. And I am part of this. I am an American. I'm part of this whole enterprise and the ecosystem. And this impacts me. Okay. And I do have a say in what's going on. But so do other Americans. And I'm not willing to forfeit my rights or their rights based on the pushy agendas of a selective few. I have to get in there and self-advocate. If you have a good idea or a better idea of how things should go, you need to get in there and say something. Find your words, get up on the mic, and say something to them, okay? And, and put together a plan. Anyone can be accepted and anyone can be rejected. It's a 50-50 shot. You know, public policy is what you put in. If, if it's well thought out and people like it, it'll get picked up. But if it's not and people throw it down because, you know, it's just not going to jive with what the public needs that day, sometimes that's, ha that's what happens. But, you know, you should, you should always self-advocate for the things that you believe in. That's the American way. I want to talk about the known issue of antitrust and the teeter-tottering manipulation where it could probably go against, you know, some of the original designs of the, of the antitrust um, quorum. Uh, I am worried about manipulation of the antitrust agenda by leftist ideologues. And just to harmonize U.S. antitrust roles with that of China's current crackdown on productive capital ventures, you know, because they're not better socialized sources of production. 
you know, they, they want to nationalize all business. And currently, a few got away. There's some stragglers who just aren't, you know, all their processes haven't been nationalized. So I think that antitrust has this screaming need to kind of capture American commerce. It could be used that way, but that's not really the law of the United States. Antitrust has a lot of stretchy range. Uh, and under a progressive, if it's not well articulated by Lena Khan, uh, she's not going to have the trust of the American people to to be a good guardian if she doesn't protect private property rights. Okay, so I hope that she will make some kind of declaration. You know, she seems to be a privacy warrior in the minds of the business cliques, but privacy to them is how they market data. And so far, most of them are in progressive districts, and they haven't seen a lot of viable law enforcement. So when they speak of law, law enforcement, you know, the law enforcement for them is just, you know, screwing down the business side of what they're doing. And it looks like it looks like communist nationalization. And that's why I'm worried is because it's not it's not normative you know, regard of your business processes or public policy, it's it's manipulating a bureaucratic process to produce really odious rules so that you can't make money um, or find a viable business process outside of, you know, business surveillance in that trade. So we'll have to see. She's going to have to earn trust with the American people on the antitrust screens. There is legislation that has been advancing in a very cautiously optimistic way with Ken Buck uh, and Matt Gates. You know, these are trustworthy folks who, who haven't injured us in the past, so you should continue to trust them until they screw it up. Then you can go beat them up. But they, so far, they're doing good work. And they're, they're, they're admonishing other Democrats, telling them, please, you know, this is going to affect you too when the shoe is on the other foot. Think about what it's going to be like, that kind of thing. So, uh, so Europe has a stake in the future of our commerce as well, and they're kind of providing support and guidance on this, you know, because they're invested in our interest. So we're not alone in our quest to better restrain the uses of, of antitrust in a malevolent way. So uh, this will trickle down to, say, Tencent and ByteDance and TikTok. So uh, get your coffee and get back to me about what you actually want to do. So there have been some, I hate to say it, hate to say it, they're still out there, real white supremacists sandbagging local politics in North Carolina, and that's creating a vulnerability for leftist operatives to exploit as legitimate. Bug reports have been submitted. No response from civil engineering because it's not their problem. So here's what I would do. Just flag it as gang activity and leftist terrorism on both fronts and submit a police ticket via phone if your system begins to crash or caches fire. You can also try wet towels and prayer until helps, helps arrives. <laughs> I heard that works. I'm so sorry. The right North American gang constituencies have been flagged as a known issue. One would have to look at the prior history logs on the problem to see a pattern emerging. 
I will say on this podcast what many are saying to their elected officials in private. DHS Secretary Mayorkas will bar entry of Cubans to this nation as the southern border is more or less open for any migrant enabled by coyotes. Mayorkas cannot ensure the safety of seafaring migrants. So what that sounds like to Senator Ted Cruz and most observant Texans is there are no coyotes of the Atlantic Ocean. If Cuban migrants were paying a Mexican cartel, controlling the edge of Del Rio, paying five to 15000 to get in, then Mayorkas could ensure their safety, right? No. So I think Mayorkas is putting a lot of ethical burden onto the northern cartels, who are also debt creditors for, for very poor, disadvantaged refugees entering this country seeking asylum. You know, then they get free airfare from the U.S. military on asylum. Apparently, to go anywhere in the U.S., Biden administration may have, you know, pre-negotiated with the cartels to pay down their black market debts performing backbreaking indentured servitude in Tennessee and Nebraska farms, long, long hours of prostitution at your local massage parlor, and full-service beer bars, and of course, working in horrendous, lung-rotting conditions in drug manufacturing trailers for making drugs, transporting drugs, and most, most importantly, selling the drugs for the cartels here in the United States. But marijuana is a very bad gateway drug, and it must be stopped at all costs. We cannot hire anyone in public service for smoking a joint and they must serve a 25-year mandatory minimum for possession and distribution of the weed. So, it sounds like the cartels have found the ultimate way of controlling the competition. It's not like I can call on Lena Khan to regulate the antitrust market for this yet. I can't. But they're also destroying their buyer's club, the cartels, by leaning on the seductive market power of CCP's fentanyl push. So, oh, did you miss it? The Democrats have an alliance or some sort of viable gang constituency in the cartels. And possibly some of the Republicans too, if you look at their voting records very meticulously. The cartels, just like tech companies in China, want to control what you are able to do in your own country so that they benefit in business. So they'll launder their influence in, in many ways, most of them legal. So, however, they are not elected officials, they're not your government, and they're not legitimate constituencies when it comes to your personal affairs as a U.S. citizen. So when you call your local official, make sure you indicate that Democrats need to denounce communist government globally and purge their districts of Mexican cartels. Say it as often as you see a massage parlor with the lights on. Every day if you have to. Biden, like every other United States president, needs to be empowered to run our country competently. And that translates to not relying on cheap aggressions towards the American public to try to get them to obey when your enemies won't. It is time to provide consequence to America's foreign enemies and stop apologizing to cultural Marxists because they don't actually want your self-loathing. They want your stuff and your labor for the collective. 
They want your property and your slavery. So they don't matter. If black lives only matter when the jails are emptied by COVID-19 Trotsky operatives who promised high honors to prison gangs or mental patients as a revolutionary means of transformative communist liberation, you're likely pitching for the wrong team, and I don't want to know you. So I'm probably registering as an independent the next opportunity I get because both parties have a tendency to want to criminalize their duopolist opponent. And for now, that looks like vaccination mandates from the left by community force and identity mandates from the Republican right. So here's what I'm going to tell you. When Left Twix shows up at your door with a syringe from, say, Color of Change, don't answer it. These are nonprofits who do not have medical licenses to administrate vaccinations. If a face-to-face interaction is unavoidable, pretend you don't live there, ask for materials, and leave the conversation. Just leave. And if they're on your doorstep, you have the right to ask them to leave. If they touch you, call the cops. It's assault. Last resort, defend your body with self-defense. They are not the government, and the rule is choice and consent. So I think there's already a database attributed to people who either have had the vaccine and they're doing it by elimination, but then they are lying to the public and saying that there's no database. So that should be called out immediately for medical privacy concerns. The other is, is that, you know, there's no accountability. If you get jabbed by these people with an FDA emergency youth use uh, vaccination, there's a, there's like no liability. Okay. They get, they get your information. They get to come to your door. You don't know if these are credentialed medical people. They're volunteers from like color of change and BLM maybe. Um, and they're being given tax dollars to stick you with a vaccine. And I don't, there's a lot of problems here. A lot of problems here. They're not medical people. And Fauci's lost so much credibility over exact these vacillating, you know, poorly regulated, poorly legally advised initiatives on public health. You know, he used to be the paragon of the go-to when everybody was in a crisis because he's what we had, unfortunately. And he's turned out to be a guy who can't stick with the decision medically because he's too political. Unfortunately, I didn't make him political. I didn't make him vacillate on masks. I didn't make him, you know, mandate, not mandate. When over 50% of the population has a vaccine, now it's time to go hard, right? No. So he's invalidating himself. And the American person has the right to not choose a vaccine or not choose a medicine, you know, based on their personal choice. And if the government wants to go hard now, uh, when all through this this process there was choice and people were going for it, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask other questions. I'm going to be like, well, why weren't you validating serology and people's uh, wellness after they contracted the disease earlier in the process? What happened to all those people and their immunity? You know, it was just thrown under the bus. So... They are invalidating themselves. They're invalidating their own science. 
and their own science credentials by saying, you know, your immunity is, is a subjective matter based on the whims of the state. And I think that that is garbage. Immunity is science, not Fauci. Immunity. Immunology under a microscope with antibodies that are floating around in your blood. That's proof. Fauci's not proof. He's not science. That's all I have to say about that. I'll be wrapping it up soon. I just want to talk to you about Right Twix, who's still out there autocrating on the issue of voter ID. And, you know, they've done other identity mandates in the past, like Real ID, which was very electronically bad for the American public. Just as autocratic. So we're going to call them Right Twix for now. They're going to demand ID. And they're saying, well, most Americans want it. Well, most Americans are not all Americans. So if they demand ID from you, you ID, you demand ID from them. And then tell them to bug off. This is America, not World War II Stasi occupations. You know, these are political operatives, you know, who are very specific on this one issue. Most of all of them are Republican. You know, they're appropriating their lens onto the entire process and minimalizing and marginalizing the people who don't agree with them, which is what they all do. All these political people push the margins, the people who don't do what they want. So if you don't want an identity mandate, get up and talk back, just like I do. I guess the, the gist of the whole podcast is if you want to stay free, you have to get more assertive and, you know, push back now. You know, for some people, you know, they're going to choose a fight that, that's touching their children. And God bless you for doing that. You know, for other people, it's going to be, you know, medical and body initiatives, which, you know, God bless you, you know, push back on that for sure. Um, you know, everyone is not authorized to be your boss or your child's boss or the boss of your body because they claim they have a doctoral mandate. You know, when democracy is being weakened strategically by these, you know, outstretched rules, you have to teach that personal authority supersedes this, like, falsified authority appropriated by people who are elected officials and, and you know, the agencies. They, they don't really get to do that. They're, they're walking out on very thin political and legal ice when they do that. You know, and when you push back, they usually go underwater. But all you have to do is tap them a little bit. And then, psh, it's done. So you don't have to put up with it very much. You just got to push back a little bit. So, you know, people you know are beginning to behave like prisoners. You know, the, the free people who are warping underneath this start getting very strange ideas about what small-time power looks like. You know, they start harassing and stalking arbitrarily because that's the current authority model that they're emulating. And since no one is there to stop them, but you, in the moment, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to show them that, you know, if they can't be limited by your personal consent, then they can be limited by the law. And when, you know, the law should come help you. If they don't, then there's a breakdown there, and then you have to go higher and get more support. So this is viral bully development. People are being consecutively bullied online 
in business and then they're they're emulating bully behavior on each other it happens with 40 year old adults and it happens to children it's it's happening spectrum wide and the reason why that's happening is because people are losing their freedom and they're behaving like prisoners and when you trap an animal they become more aggressive so let's free our minds shall we go do something whatever it is that you want you know in a in a basically legal forum if you want to eat a cheeseburger or throw rocks at a pond you know no one's no one's being damaged by this okay but someone's going to come along and try to boss you you know the exercise is to just tolerate their bossing and not worry about it you know every everybody's free to do but they're not free to uh free to direct you no no one's paying them to direct you most of the time there's there's a lot of bossy people out there with no freedom you know you won't always have to defend yourself but just defend yourself when somebody's actually attacking you and you, you'll know the difference right away when someone's actually attacking you it, it gets really forceful and confrontational and in your face really fast they just escalate really fast and then you have to defend yourself so I think that's enough for now. Uh, everyone gets to exist because they are already with us. So draw your lines and defend your boundaries. I am your friend, Tempest Del Fuego. <laughs>